Yeah, cool. All right. We're just hanging out. We're just hanging out. It's the Verrier podcast. I'm grinding up some fucking weed. You know, it's one in the afternoon. I can't believe I haven't smoked weed yet, even though we've only been awake for two hours. That's how you not smoke weed for a while. You just sleep the day away. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, oh, man, I haven't smoked weed in like fucking 14 hours because I was asleep. (laughs) (laughs) That's how it is during quarantine, though. That's that's how it's been for me. My first smoke is like 9 p.m. Yeah. And I get so blazed. I get so blazed at 9 p.m. I'm like, I could not have done this earlier in the day. I think that uh, it depends. Sometimes I'll forget about weed and I won't even think about it till 9 p.m. And I'll be like, oh, my God, I haven't smoked weed today. This is going to be fucking awesome. And it is. But lately it's been more like I'll wake up, I'll have a little bit of a day and then I'll do a session around like two or three that's all I need the whole day. Like yeah. the whole rest of the day, I'm like, Whew. maybe it's just the stuff we have right now. I'm just getting used to oh, it. Oh, yeah, the Gabriel flower. <sighs> Daniel was just messaging me for some of it. I'm like, I don't know how I get it to you. Oh, here's Jillian. She's texting. Jillian's texting us? Or we're supposed to be talking on this fucking thing. Um, Sitting here going on about fucking weed. She says, I think I need a password. I think that uh, she doesn't know what she's talking about. Um, she, I think she's confused. Are you? Uh, it it would be the meeting ID. I'm so excited to talk to Jillian. Yeah, yeah, we've been friends with Jillian for a couple few years. We've seen her incredible rise. She makes something called the Joy List, which is like this amazingly generous email of offerings of places you things you could do and places you could go in New York City and actually make a friend. Yeah, and now that uh, most of her events are well they have to be online that she's promoting, it's not limited to New York City anymore. So Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, anyone could get in on this as long as you you can handle the time zone difference. Well, that's how that's how she started out and then she wrote this book called On Lonely Planet and she's become an expert on community and community building and what that all means. So we've talked about that with her a couple times on the podcast, but it takes on a whole new context during corona and that's why I was anxious to have her on. Mm, yeah. She's just fun to hang out with, too. Oh yeah. There she is. Bing bong, MTV calling. We got to figure out. What? What the fuck? I'm so sorry. I don't know how. I don't even know how to make a password. So that just happened. (laughs) Well, I entered the password and it worked. Also, wow. I am so. Let me adjust this. You look incredible. Yeah, you do look incredible. We're now uh, videoing our podcast. This is a great conversation. I put on lipstick. (laughs) I'm like, let's back more. Yeah, we should consider our look a little bit more now that we're putting these on YouTube. I'm trying to. You're gorgeous. You're wonderful. (laughs) (laughs) You're great. We just got up. This is our life, you know? We got up like not that long ago. I don't know how you're living, but uh, we're not living very disciplined. (laughs) I I literally started a group so that I could have more discipline with getting up in the morning. Really? Because like a a 9 to 10 a.m. group of humans. That I I saw that that is so cool, and if I like could do that, I would do it, but I just can't do it. <laughs> I just need a reason to get up. I was like, otherwise, I'm just gonna stare at the ceiling until noon and then feel like shit. I'm like, I was doing that, and it just didn't feel good for me. I was like, well, 
So how did it go? How was the first meeting or couple first couple? It was really lovely, and it's only women. Even though that I didn't do that on purpose, only women are showing up. So we're like (laughs) just praying and journaling and meditating together. It's really sweet. I love it. It's like it's like a goddess group, but instead of it being like on a full moon, it's like every day. Yeah, we're like we're doing it. And I love that because that's kind of how I like to approach my life is like, all right, let me get centered in the morning and pull a card. I mean, I've been laxing lately, but, you know, it's like these rituals and to be able to do this ritual starts your day off right. But then to be able to do it with a group of women, that's really freaking cool. I mean, if I didn't have the accountability factor of having Cass here and we've had our friend Carrie here for most of this quarantine, like who knows what I would be doing. But it takes us two hours to get out of the room in the morning with all these rituals and things we're doing. I know the stuff that you guys do. I love it so much. I like, I feel like I use you too as an example of I'm like, yeah, I have these friends and they really commit to their ritual. Like, I don't even know what it is, but I just know that they're doing it and it shows in the way you show up in the world. Yeah. Yesterday we, uh, like we'll say, we'll, we'll, once we get up and we meditate and we do our sex thing and everything, like we'll say a prayer and it's usually just about gratitude. And it's usually just like sending out like beaming rays of healing light towards all of our friends. But yesterday we were like, hey, you know, we're, we're going to need to work at some point, universe. Uh, we're open to anything. Anything you want to throw our way, we're open to new adventures. I would love to, at the end of this week, be like, holy shit, I can't believe that we spoke to so-and-so or this person came into our life or whatever. And literally a couple hours later, we get an email from fucking Jimmy Buffett's production company. No. <laughs> <laughs> like Jimmy Buffett has a production company? What? Yeah, that's a whole nother trip. What? Uh, they're God, trying I to I missed do... you guys. I love you both. <laughs> we oh, miss yeah. you. So fun. Ugh, yeah. Fun. So, you know, be careful what you pray for and everything. Also, be careful. Like, we make fun of, like, I don't know why. We don't make fun of. We don't make we fun love. of. We love Jimmy Buffett. And the parrot heads. And the parrot heads <laughs> and that whole scene. Like, it's something we don't like, understand. We would never but do that. We would they're, never. <laughs> they're like tropical juggalos. I like, just don't drink that much alcohol. Yeah, we don't drink that much, so we don't care. But it's pretty yeah. funny that he's like a constant thing that we reference and poke fun at. And then he's reaching out. And then the Is other he the person. guy? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then the other person, like, I kind of, oh, I'm not even making fun of them because I don't even know their music or anything. But um, the performer Macklemore. You ever heard of- Wait, Macklemore reached out to you? Well, <laughs> we're friends with like his best friend, and they're and they're uh, both in recovery together, and they're starting a podcast. Shut so your face. His his friend was like reached out, and we talked for a while. It was just really funny because I'm like, God, I'm always kind of like referencing Macklemore. Like when I don't know who someone is, I'm like, is that Macklemore? Yeah, Diplo. Like he'll see Diplo and he'll be like, oh, look, Macklemore. <laughs> but I'm not even joking. Like I really just don't like, yeah, know. It's <laughs> yeah, but it's just kind of funny that like that, like you kind of bring something into your zeitgeist a little bit and then it's like, whoa, geez, it's here. Uh, so I don't know what what all that means, but be careful what you pray for and who you talk about. Man, I don't know if I've reached the level of powerful manifestation you two have. That's incredible. <laughs> Jillian, jeez, yeah. Jillian, you, you've been. How's how's this uh, new reality going for you? How are you doing? What I like, we haven't. Had you a certainly inspire us on Instagram. Thank you. Yeah, always. Yeah, it was funny. The start of this, I was shocked at how rough it was for me. Like, mm-hmm. I think it was because I felt this dissonance between, like, I was I was in San Francisco right when this started, and oh, wow. I was there to visit. Uh, to like do some interviews at Facebook. Mm. And so I was at the Facebook office 
the last day it was open. Whoa. So like they were already like no social visitors, only corporate visitors. Mm. Um, I was there for this big event that got canceled. And so there was this like very weird energy of like, should we be in the office? Like so much hand sanitizer everywhere. Uh, and meanwhile, back in New York City, nothing had changed yet. So what when this, I got like early March or something, yeah, this was like early March. And so when I got back, I was like, wait, like my roommates are having a dinner party. People are acting like everything's normal, but I was just in this other world where mm. it was being taken so seriously. Yeah. So just that mismatch, I was like, I had a huge panic attack, like mm. at my boyfriend's house, like curled up, like couldn't move just mm. like frozen. Um, and then the more the world seems to meet what's actually going on. Right. The more soothed I feel. Wow. Yeah. It sounds like Cass's trip too. Cass was like a lot, more, very, very, very anxious about this and tight about it when we first started finding out. Mm -hmm. Almost like a chicken little type of thing. Like, does not everyone see what's going down? Yeah. yeah. No, that's it, a it great way true. of phrasing it. It's yeah. like, yeah, the sky is falling. What the <laughs> fuck you got? Yeah, no, Sean, I like came home and I like spent $200 at CVS or something. And Sean's like, no more spending money on coronavirus. No more waking up thinking about coronavirus. No more talking about coronavirus. Yeah. And then like a week later, it's like, oh, yeah. you're Ooh. grateful for me. I know it. I know it. We wouldn't like they're all out of wipes. They're all out of hand sanitizer. It was a good thing you got that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Same exact thing with me. I'd like bought like six things of hand wipes and my roommates were like why and like i got all this food and stored it under my bed yeah. like, why are you doing this and they're like oh now i see i yeah. got it okay so well, you've been in your apartment the whole time i've been in my apartment in new york city um it's been like it's not like i can't leave the house but anytime i go for a walk i feel so anxious mm. yeah mm -hmm. like the only thing that helps is being on a phone call with somebody else while I'm walking to distract me. Because mm, otherwise I'm just like, so tight, so freaked out. Yeah, yeah, I feel like that's something no one's talking about. Like I go for a run and a three mile run might as well be 15 miles with the amount of stress I've put on my body. Like, oh shit, fuck that. Oh God, putting the mask up, putting it down. Oh wait, I can't breathe. There's two people up there a mile ahead. Like insane. You mm -hmm. never can get into that runner's flow of like, I'm not even having a thought right now. You just can't even get there because people. Well, and no, it's, I've never been so stressed around out around cigarette smokers. Cause like you can, they like blow it out and then it like hits you like a gust and you're Whoa. like, I can smell your smoke. Wait, does that mean I smell your breath? Does that mean, Oh, uh. <laughs> totally. Oh my God. That is so interesting with the cigarette smokers. Yo, yes. So yesterday, so I, th this was so, uh, the, the timing was kind of perfect because yesterday I probably had, it wasn't like a, the, my worst day yet, but probably like it just like it really hit me hard because um, a mutual friend of ours is leaving New York City. Uh, I don't want to mention it yet, but because uh, they haven't announced it. But I'm noticing all these people that are leaving New York City and I don't think they're ever going to come back. And I started getting like real. I don't even know how to describe like existential crisis a little bit, like pretty much for half of yesterday because this news of our friend leaving New York City really triggered me and thinking about like, wait, are we doing the right thing? Are we gonna be the last people at the party? 
is this even a place people are going to be? Well, half of our friends in Greenpoint have already like left. Everyone's the first left. Week. They, they were gone. They were like, "Cool, I know rich people somewhere. I'm just going to go stay with them." And I'm mm-hmm. like, "Oh, we don't really know rich people. We don't have, <laughs> what the fuck? We don't have anywhere to go. Yeah. We're just going to ride this out here." And now I'm freaking out a little bit because I'm like, "Wait, are we going to have a social life?" And then I remember, Jillian's still here. <laughs> God, like I also might be leaving New York City. You fucker! I knew you were gonna say something like that. Oh man, Sean's heart can't handle it. <sighs> oh I know. Oh my god. Well, nothing is finalized yet, but it's been such a fascinating conversation, and to because like, I've experienced that feeling as well of like, oh my god, no one I know is gonna be here anymore, or like, even if they are here, I can only see a very limited number of people. So like, who's gonna be in my my bubble? Yeah, who's in? Uh, yeah. Uh, so we've been talking about going to Austin, Texas, because mm, uh, cool. we have some friends. Only like, or at least for me, only four close friends that live there. But we were just like, it would be nice, even if everything's the exact same there, to like go for a walk in our neighborhood and not feel like we're gonna die. <laughs> like, yeah, be close uh. to a park, be able to drive a car. Yeah. Like, you would be perfect down there. I'm not trying to encourage this because like, <laughs> I think like, you I should, don't like this. <laughs> well, you should you should crush it in New York City. You're so young. Like, do it. But I don't know. New York City just might never be the same or it's not going to be. Oh, so, yeah. But you would That's what I think awesome. about. It makes me so sad. Yeah. And I feel guilty even thinking about leaving. Of yeah. Like, yeah. My betraying my city somehow by leaving in its time of need to a jillian time i'm like what am i doing anyways like how am i helping (laughs) well i mean if anyone lived up the new york city experience though it's you you know what i mean like you got it in like from the first second you arrived here you were like i'm doing all the things yeah i'm seeing all the people i'm knowing every and you really like I mean, you probably have a bigger loss than us because, like, we're used to just staying in. But at the same time, like, I kind of have, like, oh, fuck, I could have gone to that museum. Like, I could have gone to that art show. Like, what was I doing? And now it's, like, there's no option anymore. So, mm-hmm. man, uh, good vegan scene in Austin, I will say. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The so, weather's great. You know, you'll be great. a little cowgirl down there. <laughs> like by the way you guys i'm like i'm in a rodeo now I don't know. <laughs> yeah we were just introing you as it was taking you a minute to get in because i locked you out with a password um <laughs> we were talking about how pretty much you've had this the joy list which has been mainly for new york city folks but now like as long as people can do the time zone it's it's for everyone now and it probably, are you expanding outside New York City to events um, as far as like where the events are hosted and how's that all yeah. shifted? When I realized that in-person events weren't happening, I just started promoting any event. Mm. Um, just because suddenly now it's like this variety of events is so much bigger, right. which is a little overwhelming to be honest of like, oh wow, now I can literally promote anything from anyone all over the world. Like, who do Mm. I choose? Mm. But at the same time, or and, it's been really inspiring to see how many people are offering just like what I feel are exactly what we need right now. Like emotional release things and movement things and grief rituals and women's circles and men's circles and just all this stuff. And I think the plus side of it is that now all of a sudden some of the best teachers in the world are available to everyone and doing right. free thing like free stuff all the time. Yeah. Like this free 
Uh, it's called the Global Resiliency Summit. It's like today through the 17th, completely free, like workshops, networking, some of the best teachers in the world, like Tara Brock and Fleet Mall and just cool. like awesome teachers. So that, that makes me feel hopeful of like maybe this time will expose people to strategies for coping and teachers that they wouldn't have seen otherwise. Mm. Yeah. I kind of feel like I'm gripping for lessons though at the same time or like reaching for lessons. I'm like, what does it mean? Yeah. Yeah. That's how we definitely started this thing off in that mode <laughs> of like, oh yeah, we've been ready for this. We like the great awakening. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's all happening. And then like you get like weeks and months into it and you're like, cool. When can we start playing video games and smoking pot today? Like, you know, it's, Totally. It's another day. It's it's another day. What we've luckily for us, uh, we chose this time to be like, fuck it, let's put our podcast on YouTube. And it kind of feels like five years into this thing, it feels like we're completely starting over. So I love that. Like mm. we didn't have to go anywhere and we're having this like exhilarating feeling of like I don't know, being self-conscious, really, you know, <laughs> it's, it's fucking awesome. <laughs> is it like self-conscious because you're on video and this is a new platform? Um, yeah, but we were both talking about how like we don't seem to care about that part of it. Um, we got that out of our system. We did this on Adult Swim a few times and like right, those are the awesome. nerves. It's so I nervous. I came over and you told me and I was like, you have a TV show now? Like what's going on? <laughs> we do a little of this, a little of that, but so like. about it. This, the reason that this is like, uh, is because it's like, wow, it's on YouTube now. Everyone can see that no one's listening to or watching our podcast. Like, it's like right <laughs> oh, there, you I know, and it's like, eh, whatever, who cares? We don't fucking care. Well, because you realize when people do connect with the podcast, you're like, it only takes one person. And you probably relate to this. Like, it only takes one person to say, like, that was really meaningful to me to make it worth doing. Um, so you I probably know. realize that with your book. Oh my God. Yeah. Like it's a self-published book. Yeah. So it's not like it's in bookstores around the world or anything like that. It should but be. Like, thank you. Go grab it so we can hold it up to the camera. Oh, yeah. Like hold it up. Yeah. Uh, if I didn't give it to someone, cause I always give them. Yeah. We get, we, we have had a few copies of your book, but we give them away. Oh, I love you guys. We love you. You're, oh, we do have one. We're going to have to get you to sign this before you leave New York City. <laughs> That's oh Unlonely God. Planet by Julian, Jillian Richardson. Who is it by? Ju Julian. Julian. Richardson. <laughs> um, but yeah. you would have written this book even if it was just for one person. Oh, my God. I mean, I wrote it for me. Yeah. I, yeah. Think, I think on the ego level, it was like I want to prove to myself that I can do it. But at the same time, I just had – it was like I was learning so much so quickly I just needed to put it all in one place. Like I go mm. back to it and I forget things that I put in my own book, which maybe that's mm. weird, but I'm like, oh, right. I forgot. I had wrote an entire chapter on that. <laughs> you wrote this thing just in time too. Like, <laughs> like talking about all of this stuff before we're in this situation. Like, I don't know. There could probably be a sequel to this, like uh, about digital communities and like, how, what are you realizing about all that? Is it, is there any, does it in any way compare I think I have been surprised by how emotional I've gotten in virtual gatherings. Mm. Mm. And for me, I think part of it is that a lot of them have been things that I was doing before quarantine and now we're digital. So it's like, it's the same people who I know in the physical space just moved to the virtual space. 
Mm. Um, but the thing that makes me feel the most emotional, I think, is just always multiple people's undivided attention on me. Just like feeling that energy always heightens my emotions and makes me feel a little more aware of them than I typically do. So like if I'm feeling sad and five people are looking at me talk, like it's just going to come out. Uh, and that happens online or in person for me. Mm. Wow. So what's happening to people? What, like you're paying attention to all these trends and stuff. Like what yeah. is this doing to people? Because I, I know that mental health issues are probably through the roof right now. I yeah. think suicides are up, domestic violence is up, these kind of things. Mm -hmm. I've honestly been afraid to even look at the statistics. Yeah. Like there's a cynical part of me, or maybe it's not cynical, but like, I feel like whatever the suicide rates are that are being reported, my guess is that they're actually higher and like that mental yeah. health is really not good right now. Yeah. Just because all the things that we need as humans to thrive are being taken away. Like mm -hmm. so many people don't have a sense of purpose right now. Like they're looking for a thing to do to earn money, to protect their families, like especially Americans the way that we feel value, and this is myself included, is by producing things and contributing. Uh, and when we're just kind of forced to sit with ourselves, it's like we're all on this mandatory Vipassana retreat that we didn't yeah. ask for. Totally. Yeah. And and what does that force you to do? The Vipassana retreat, any of these things, like uh, like the vision quest that we went on, these kind of self-imposed things that, that we do, and I know you do. Like, what is that for? To me, it's always about like tuning your ability to listen and not even necessarily to other people, but it extends to that. But you like, you're learning to listen to that, that crazy tornado of dialogue that's going on inside and figuring out where that comes from. You're listening to your body in different ways. And then when you come out of that, I think it increases your ability to listen to your environment and the people that surround you. And therefore, I think respect them and merge with them in a different way. So, but along with that, because I know if you've been on one of these retreats, anyone listening, it's painful. It's mm -hmm. painful. It, it is. It's tough when everything starts bubbling up to the surface. It's like on any psychedelic trip, that part where you're like, oh shit, I'm raw as hell, I'm vulnerable, and there's really no escape hatch. Uh, that, that can be a terrifying thing. So I, I think this time could also help us have a better relationship with pain as a country yeah. and and listening because pain is a gift and it, I think the result of going through it is being a better listener. Mm. And, and some people are having like a better time. Like it's, it's switching. Like some people, some of my friends who I know, like maybe we're having a harder time in capitalism are like, I'm sensing a little relief come off of them, you know, yeah. from not being compared to like these uh, expectations or like you said, the productivity or, or yeah. the, um, so it's having like kind of an interesting, we're all like leveling in different ways. Yeah, that, that was something I was talking to, to Jesse from mental health media about how people he knows too are having different reactions to this of like, uh, what did he say? Like, oh, it's like people are finally really taking care of each other. Like it's mm. so obvious right now that we need to be taking care of each other. Yeah. Like there's no avoiding it. And that feels calming to him, like people or to others that there's a little more of a safety net right now than maybe there used to be.
Mm. Yeah, it's like it, it's like our very harsh, cold society, like showing a bit of a soft side for a second. <laughs> a bit, <laughs> you know, like just a little just bit a of little compassion. Bit. The fact that they're letting us stay home and they're saying stay home, like that—that's compassion. They're not just like keeping us in the meat grinder, although they want to force us back into it sooner than later. Yeah, but like it's like. I don't know when you when you have a harsh mom and you're sick and she lets you stay home from school and you're like oh you're being different to me right now mm-hmm. it's just like like it's like oh and it almost helps you heal so maybe people that um even our, ourselves included that um really look at this place in america for what it is and what it's doing to people and doing to people who are sensitive like us mm. and can't figure out how to make their way like it it, it crushes me so this could be um, a reason that we all have solidarity with those people that were struggling and help us fight for them in a better way. This could be the time when we're finally listening to those people and understanding. Because like, that's the thing. My friends that know that they're going back to their 9 to 5 and for the next 35 years, Fuck. they're loving this. They're, yeah. they're, they're like, wow, when else, when else would I get this? And sadly, for people in our generation and below... This is the closest they'll ever come to the feeling of retirement. And I think that's fucking really Damn. sad, you know. I had not thought about it like that. Oh, hell yeah. Do you even, con- do, is that even something that's on your radar? Like we, I'm 38. Retirement? Like wh- what, I, I don't even know how that would be possible or for anyone I know, unless you're willing to sell your time or I don't know. Hmm. I don't yeah. know. It's a bummer. That 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 yeah. bums me out. But they're loving this time. They're enjoying this time. And I hope what that awakens in them is uh, some dignity and being like, wait a second, maybe I don't want to rush back to that office so quick. Maybe yeah, I well, that's definitely happening. People are like, I can work from home. I'm just as productive. Like, what were you saying, Sean, that all these uh, corporate offices and stuff it's like not gonna be a thing facebook uh, canceled all big events until like 2021 yeah summer <laughs> i was like man this thing i was gonna do i guess that's not happening for a while yeah. oh yeah man it's like requiring us all to pivot and be adaptable and mm-hmm. like also realize like your plan b that can't even be a plan like you have to like we're all fitting into this like new reality um it's exciting though that you're taking this reality and considering you know making a big move and um that must be a little scary though totally i mean i keep telling myself i'm like oh if we go it'll only be for like four months or something Mm. and then like new york city will be back to normal and then i'll come back yeah and to just be okay like exactly what you just said Cass, of not knowing yeah like who knows what's gonna happen to this city like it's so much uncertainty yeah that really scares me because I just love this city so much. And like uh, one of my roommates has a car, which has been such a blessing. Mm. And so we'll just drive around for fun sometimes because this mm. is what we do now. Us too. Like seeing the empty city <sighs> so tragic of like, like we drove by Lincoln Center and I was just like, oh, like when will be the next time an orchestra plays and people can listen in Lincoln Center? Oh, so tragic. I know. I watch all the movies and I'm like, oh, no, don't don't touch that door handle. Don't say hello. Oh, God. you're (laughs) Right. (laughs) Uh, Even pictures of myself like hugging people. I'm like, 
Oh man, we, uh, we were, uh, I was going to say something else, but actually now that you say that last night we were talking about, we're like, I think like one night stand hookup culture is going to take a big hit. Yeah. You know, I, I think there's going to yeah. be like, who do I trust? Uh, who do I know really well? Who would I be willing to die for potentially? And that's my little group of sex partners. You know, Jesus. I yeah. Like I'm not even seeing my boyfriend Ari and he lives a 10 minute walk away from me. Mm. Um, really because he lives in a really big house with a lot of people coming in and out and there's some doctors that live in his house wow and so having that conversation was really hard (sighs) like like, i want to keep my roommates safe and like this is like it's he can't control it there's just like if you have 10 people living in a house and each of them has one or two people coming in and out like that's a lot of people uh, and I just wow. didn't feel comfortable with it. So I haven't seen him in like over two months. Wow. And so he's, are you guys talking about moving to Austin together? No, which sucks. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, when is the next time I'm going to have sex? <laughs> Real talk. <laughs> that's, ugh, that's hard. That's They're going to have to make helmets for us, you know, like. Like Daft Punk. You know, like Daft that. Punk sex helmets, just for anything. <laughs> well, like, like get it on an airplane. If we have to go to fucking Australia with Jimmy Buffett, you know, uh, yeah. How how come on? I, I'm a, such a germaphobe already. I barely want to breathe on a flight before all this. Yeah. So yeah, they're gonna have to come up with something, but the set for sex especially. God damn! What the God fuck? Well, <laughs> 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 well, here's a question for you: What? Uh, so uh, I think community is something like that's what your expertise is. And it's something like to me, it's a, like I've talked to you about this. It's a layer of consciousness. It's something you realize you've been surrounded by and something you start working on and building towards. What does it mean in a time like this? You know, what? how does that translate? What does community mean? Now? Like, yeah. yeah. That's a really good question. I think for me, it's been really interesting to notice which relationships I naturally continued and which relationships kind of fell away. Mm. Uh, Cause yeah. for me, I'm on the part of the spectrum of like so many connections and so many people I love to talk to. And then just this really limited my, my brain juice, like the mm. amount of people and things I can do in a day. Cause high stress, like it makes, it makes it harder for me to concentrate. It's easier for me to forget things. Like that's just how brains work. Uh, and so I'd be like, okay, like I have maybe eight people I'm in consistent connection with and that's it. Like I try to do more than that and it just feels like I'm forcing something. Uh, it's so weird. I feel the same way. Like, why did we have more energy for it before? How could we have more capacity? Oh, because we're stressed out. That's what I think. Um, it's just. There's this constant, even if you're not necessarily feeling it really presently, like if there's an undercurrent of stress all the time right now. Yeah. Uh, mm. Just that brains under stress don't operate at full capacity. I'm just like, I'm just, I'm not operating at my best because mm. the conditions are not great. Like I'm barely going outside. Like I've been talking to the same people for two months. Like, of course. <laughs> I'm like not I'm not Max Jillian. You've probably been never been more grateful to have roommates though, right? Oh my god, and roommates I actually like. Yeah. yeah. Wow, what a blessing. 
Well, that was that was one of the things we always tell people. You you said on one of our podcasts or one of our hangs, like when you come to New York City, you better like your roommates. You bet you yes. better be psyched to go home because mm-hmm. so many. I think ninety five percent of the cases are the opposite, and that's what chews totally. people up and spits them out about this city. Like this place is hard, is really really hard, and it's kind of always chewing you up if you don't have a sanctuary and people you want to be around. Whew, it'll wear yeah. you out. It's no good. And so this this has definitely highlighted that for me. Like, cool. Like we haven't we haven't even had a really big fight or anything, which mm. is impressive to me. Of course, we're all like a little bit people pleasy, so we want to make sure we're all okay. Um, <laughs> Are you? Yeah. It, uh, it, so there's no there's not a lot of not conflict during this time. No, I think it's just been more like. We've all been very mindful of making sure we all have lots of alone time. Mm. I feel like during the day, we're all kind of like separate. We're doing our thing. Like we're going for walks. We're hanging out on the roof. Mm. And then we come together for like lunch and dinner, at least during the week, which I've read so many articles on like ways to keep your sanity during this time. Mm. And that was a big one is like romantic partners, roommates, family, whatever, like Mm. having your separate time during the day. So you don't go absolutely insane around each other. What do those articles say about uh, consciousness alteration through chemicals? I don't know. I'd be, there's a part of me that really wishes I had like any sort of substance right now to take just to see what would happen. Oh, we Um, got you. you. (laughs) But at the same time, I'm like, I don't know if that's a good idea considering how all my anxiety and depression and stress seems to manifest with psychedelics. You would love ketamine. Jesus. You were here one of the first times we ever did it. I didn't even see any different. Me? Yeah, I remember you guys It's very different on the inside. Oh, on the inside, you're like, this couldn't be weirder. Like, uh, and and it's weird. Like, it's not like visually anything even looks different. It's just like, this just couldn't be weirder. But supposedly on Fox News, they're reporting ketamine as a cure for COVID. Yes. Oh, great. Well, then you got the cure. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> we were hesitant to do that stuff at first. Like w- when all this first started, we, we didn't do acid for two months until two months into this. And yeah. then we did it and we were, had the best time. I'm and so I was like, oh, okay, cool. So we can trip during this. We like, like it's great. not going to lose your shit. No, no, it wasn't that kind of thing where I, I thought there could be, you know, that like tight, like, fuck, I feel the fucking world's pain right now. It's still oh, possible, obviously. It's still possible, okay. but we were, it was more to me kind of funny because you come so far out of yourself and humanhood that you're kind of like laughing at like what we're doing right now. It's just, yeah. it's utterly ridiculous that we're all like stashed away in our little compartments. Well, it feels like in service to like a better reality, like that, that there is some more divine plan and that mother nature did send us inside cause we're fucking assholes. And you know, yeah. there's part of me that's like, yes, we're getting, I mean, we're getting told we're by getting nature. We're getting put in time out. Yeah. That yeah. we can't do this. Um, or like if we keep hurting, the plants and the animals and our earth and the air that like we are hurting ourselves which we've already known but for it to be in such an immediate and um terrifying way is a whole different reality for us i saw a little cute video um about like 
hindsight is twenty twenty, and kind of looking at this time, and we're not really going to see it until we kind of are past it and really understand what tw- this year of 2020 um, allowed us, how it allowed us to like reassess and reprioritize and maybe have better relationships with our family or our friends or with ourselves or with our body or whatever. And you know, who knows how much time, like maybe it's okay that these, for these first couple months we've uh, been, you know, medicating with different media or whatever, but there's, there's time left on the clock. And, and in some ways that makes me excited because I'm like, there's so much I still want to do. And I have the time right now to do it. And so You've I try been to doing focus more on those than ever. Cass and Kat and our friend Carrie, who is our sweet little girlfriend, uh, like they've been doing more shit than ever. Like they're doing art projects and making food from scratch every time. And like, I think part of the gift for me of, of us really not knowing there's no certainty about our future. Like we're people that are like, we have a vision. We're going to manifest that vision. And so that's what we're always doing. Like kind of everything's off the table. The films we would go make, we can't make right now. So it's kind of forcing you to do what we're always trying to practice, which is like be more present in this moment because that is literally all there is. That's it. We just have this. So as much as I would love to grasp to a narrative that like we're going to get out of the city right now or we're going to figure out how to make films through this and, you know, whatever – I'm actually ta- really, really appreciating the time to just breathe and to just sit in a day and shed my ego in a way that where I'm not clinging to future narratives where this is going to get better or be different or I'm going to be able to go back to normal. Like that's been a really, uh, I think, a gift for my body. Like I feel mm. like my body like looks better than ever, and I feel <laughs> like I feel great. <laughs> yeah, I think it's like I'm I'm not carrying that like. Because, like, no one's in competition right now. We're not doing that. Mm. We're actually in mass solidarity right now. Yeah. And that's way different. And I, I'm, like, a systems analyst. I, I zoom out and I look at things. And uh, this just feels better. So I think that's why my body feels better and I feel like I'm glowing more. Yeah. <laughs> I, I meant to say you, you look radiant. You're He's just glowing. Demon. <laughs> The girls I'll painted my nails. nails. Great. <laughs> yeah, they're starting to fall off now, but they painted them. That's it's so like, funny. I feel like yeah. so many women are painting the men's nails in their life. I'm like, I painted my guy roommate's nails. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and face masks, lots of face oh, masks yeah. happening, face masks. and so much sourdough bread. Yo, we fucked Why did that, that up? become a thing? <laughs> it was like, like literally. We'll decide to bake bread. Seriously, that's what happened. A mass synchronicity. It was it just so like funny. all of a sudden. Everybody was talking about sourdough bread one day. And like, I like just cooking and like yeah. this this company asked me to to co-host like a dinner party with them. It's like this non-alcoholic drink company. And I was like, mm. cool. And they were asking if I would cook on camera for it. And I was like, no. I was really? so I was so proud of myself for like setting that boundary. I'm like, I don't cook that much. And if I do, it is not exciting and I don't want to do it on camera. Yeah, yeah. And so I was like, can we just do like a dessert theme party where we all order cookies from our favorite local bakery or something? Because like, Mm. I'm here to facilitate connection. I'm not here to show off my cooking skills. And also, you're trying to fund local businesses. I mean, let's get real. Yeah. There's a lot of reasons to do this a little differently. Yeah. So she was like, oh, yeah, okay. I was so proud of myself. I was like, oh, this woman is like asking me to do this thing for the speaking engagement. And I'm like. Actually, I would like the money to mostly go to me instead of a charity, and I don't want to cook. Like, Ooh, 
fire, yo, Jillian. It felt <laughs> so good. I you know you speak my language. That's good shit. Wow. Fuck yeah. That's. I think that's another thing that's going to come from this is like that attitude that like you had to figure out and figure out how to navigate with that kind of attitude and fight for yourself, especially with what you do for a living. Mm-hmm. I think more people are just going to have that in general. Like no one wants to talk about it, but there are more strikes going on right now and unionizing mm-hmm. and all the beautiful stuff that like that that's what's going to make the working class stronger all of that is like coming back to life you know Our, we're yeah. having an immune system response i've been seeing that a ton on twitter i honestly yeah. don't know a lot about the union strikes but i'm just seeing it going on with like what was it whole foods and amazon is that it yeah instacart too instacart, instacart. But yeah, I mean, the workers are making demands and uh, hopefully those demands will be met. And we just like what you could do is stand in solidarity with them by boycotting the, those companies that aren't meeting their demands until they meet their demands. And even then, fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard doing yeah. this without ordering shit from Amazon. I'll yep. tell you that because going to the store is a fucking bitch in New York City. It's so we've been like we've been just driving to random places and like. New Jersey that have no one there. Like we've been going to these weird forests and beaches and stuff. Uh, mm. And then we'll just go to a grocery store in a suburban town. And we've done it a few times. And every time I'm like, there is so much space here. I know. Like in urban, I feel, feel like cause New York city was my first adult place that I lived. My sense of space is going to be weird forever. Where just mm, everything yeah. will seem big to me from now on. Cause yeah. like, yeah. That grocery store, I'm like, this is the size of a mall. Why is this grocery store so big? This is crazy. Yeah, yeah. We've been doing the same. We've been, like, we try to get out of the city, like, once a week. So we'll just drive up to where our parents are from or some random town in between and do the same thing. Just find the cleanest grocery store chill out yeah we'll we'll text you the name of the one after this yeah you're like it's a good it's a good grocery store yeah they are they're good they like wipe down oh yeah there's this one place is it wegman's no it's like it's great they're very sweet it's called matter of health it's a nyack nyack new York. york yeah they're just like legit they like give you gloves at the when you come in and they wipe down uh, the carts and and certain things like certain things some people are a little bit ahead of the curve of where we're gonna need to be mm-hmm. and it's like they're it's like the early adopters i don't think they're doing anything that we're not all gonna have to do at every store moving forward yeah. they're just early adopters of doing those sort of things so smart yeah. it's so funny because i feel like i barely hear people talking about anything that they're doing like going for a walk with a friend or like going on a drive to a different state. Uh, Cause there's just, I think at least for me, I feel so much fear around like being canceled on the internet. Oh yeah. <laughs> for a bad person. Oh, for like going out. Yeah. I'm like, we went outside of our house to a beach. Like, is that bad? And even like maybe moving, I feel a lot of fear around people being like, we're planning on driving across the country. Like we're not going to the airport or anything. You're going to need a wait, jar. Who's Sorry. going? This household of people? Yeah. Whole house. And are they, th- are, are they talking about going to Austin too? Is, are you guys? Yeah. yeah all of us together. Wow. Just like going. So that's the week is, is mm-hmm. your house. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. All so of us go to Austin. Wow. That's community. That. Yeah, that's like we've cool. been looking at houses together. That's been our escape has been looking at real estate in Austin because yeah. it is so cheap. Oh, yeah. my God. Really? Yeah. It is I, 
comparatively, like I found multiple four bedroom, full homes, full backyard in a community with a pool for $2,500. A month. Wow. Yeah. We were like, how is this real? What the hell? <laughs> and furnished. Damn. I always think of Austin as expensive. Uh, depends. I think depends. you could have New York prices if you wanted like a really nice place or like a place more downtown central Austin. But mm -hmm. you don't need to do that. You could drive everywhere there. Yeah. But when you're driving now, so like you can't drive too far because there's no public restrooms like along the way. Bring a jar. You got to bring, bring a jar. jar. <laughs> That's, That's why I said bring a jar. Yeah. yeah. And a shovel. I mean, Sean and I pee in jars, and even when we're like, we'll stop at a restroom place, and we'll both get in the back seat and pee in a jar. Wait, I don't know if I'm supposed to say this stuff. No, you could talk about it. Whatever. <laughs> it like, might be a secret. I don't know. We bring a big ass. We just have like a big ass mason jar in the back of the car, and like we're just always so hydrating, you know. <laughs> so like, if one of us has to pee and we're driving, we don't want to stop. One of us, we'll just use the jar. Sometimes we'll, we pull over and and use the use jar. the jar anyway, and just dump it out, and then you rinse know, it out. You you wash it out with fresh water and then we spray some alcohol in there and you know there's you ways around this yeah there's there's this things an important you life lesson use the jar yeah. yeah but my mom i wanted to go visit my mom but like i also don't want to visit my mom because like i don't want to expose her but right um, Ugh, so complicated but she's like i don't know if you'll be welcome with new york plates up here you know there's also that consideration yeah there's people guarding the border <laughs> i don't know it's i mean there's so many people on the road though it's kind of crazy. That's true. I'm like, where the hell are these people going? That's what I think. But I'm like, I'm one of them. So yeah, I'm like, know. me too. I'm like, we're all going for a walk, I guess. Somewhere nice. Oh, yeah. We went for a hike. And um, from, you know, where Cass's dad lives. Mm -hmm. You can just walk up into those woods and it meets up with uh, the Appalachian Trail. And nice. it's great. So we like walked up there and there's this, there's this overlook called Anthony's Nose that looks over the Hudson and the Bear Mountain Bridge. And the hike from Cass's dad, no one was there. It's like a three-mile hike. No one was there. And then we get up to Anthony's nose, and it was packed with people. Yeah, because there's multiple entrances. Yeah, yeah, and nobody was wearing masks. Nobody was doing any precautionary measures or whatever. Me, Cass, and Carrie were all masked up. But we baked the place out. We just were going around smoking weed. All these nerds were like, is weed even legal? You know, it's like, like fuck you, nerd. Fuck, <laughs> fuck you, nerd. Put a mask on too. You know what I mean? <laughs> yep. So. Uh, that's it's funny. I I have that reaction of people who aren't wearing masks as well, and I rarely ever feel that way about someone. Like, yeah. what the fuck are you doing? I know. Yeah, I didn't even realize I had that reaction till yeah. just now. Yeah, it's like like now when you go out like one in 10 people don't have a mask on. So it's yeah. very, it's low amount of people don't have a mask on, but you look at them like, whoa, damn. I wonder if we're going to start to develop like nose fetishes and lip fetishes from the deprivation of this time, you know, how, how it used to be. I mean, I feel like literally anytime I just see a human man, I'm like, who is that? What is that? He's got a body. Like, what's that? How you doing? <laughs> I was looking on Etsy at burkas and I was like, maybe I should get a burka. Wow. And like, cause it just like, cause I didn't know how crazy this was for a while. I was like, oh, I'm going to need to cover my hair and mm -hmm. everything. But it seems like as long as you're covering this area, you're okay. Yeah. So confusing. Wait, so it's there's like... never going to be like sex parties again. God. So I was literally supposed to host two cuddle parties the month that this thing started. Oh, I was like, no. when... Like, I was talking to the guy I was going to host them with. I was like, 
when this, like when we start to be able to be around people, we're going to need to do some sort of like, um, I don't even know what the right word is, but like starting to reintegrate people back into the world of physical touch. Mm. Cause we're all going to have trauma around touching people. There's going to be this fear in our bodies around touch. Yeah. That like, and I'm the touchiest person. I love this stuff. And the idea of hugging someone right now feels so weird to me. Mm. Yeah. And, and it's going to feel weird. I think for a while, this is why the economy is not going to be able to boot back up exactly what we're saying. Like, if we're not comfortable being around each other and coming in contact with each other, like, where are people going to get together? How are they going to get together? Mm -hmm. I think it's like, you know, we were saying this um, with Jesse. Like, we came up with, like, a, like all these, like, sayings and stuff around um, when Jesse was Jesse Zuckman was running the Very Ape Twitter. And one of the things we used to tweet out was, it's find your tribe, build your tribe time. And like, because we could feel there was like a storm coming, we could have never in a million years imagined this, but it feels like that's, uh, that was definitely one of those things that like came true. It's, mm -hmm. it's like your, your tribe right now is your household. Yeah. Like, and that y'all have each other's backs, like probably puts you in a mental health category that's kind of rare right now like you guys have each other's yeah. backs like there's so many people that are just out there alone oh my god with out there kids. with people that they don't like abusive people kids fucking all these circles what about people that are just sick and suffering besides this mm -hmm. people that are addicted like there's so many situations so for you to be in a situation where you've uh you you have these these people that have each other's mm -hmm. back and like that's what we're doing with carrie like yeah we acknowledge it every day we're like holy shit we have each other like this is making this like of kind of a breeze in a way mm -hmm. like that we know we have each other's back we met like just in the nick of time yeah yeah that's so real yeah and, like i also want to acknowledge because i imagine if i was listening to this I might be like, oh man, like I do have all these good things and I still feel like so crazy and bad. Um, that like, that's also okay. Yeah. Like this, oh, totally. this is an unprecedented situation and just like our bodies store things that we don't necessarily know until we're in a stress response. Mm -hmm. Like Just like how I had that super freeze freak out moment. Like, I don't know where that was coming from. If it was like, my stuff my family's lineage of stuff or what but like i know some people who are like journalists and writers and they've got a job and there's just so much shame around not responding in the right way or like whatever the right way is like they're not functioning that well mm -hmm. um and like just to give ourselves grace and kindness right now because yeah we've never been through this before it's our first global pandemic it's a fucking roller coaster too. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh like everyone's life changed in the matter of hours. Mm-hmm. Everyone. Like what the fuck? What else could even bring something like that on? Right now I'm benefiting from how freaked out I was from the beginning. I was like, well, we're gonna have to eat this rice and beans for the next I don't know how long. And the fact yeah. that we can get any groceries, I'm like right? we're in heaven. Oh my god, like you can get real food. Yeah. Totally. I was like, store everything under the bed. Like the food chain's going to collapse and we're not going to be able to get any food. Like I have jugs of water in my bedroom. I was like, I got cash from the ATM. Nice. I was like full ready for everything's going to shut down. Oh my God. So we're That's... good comparatively. 
Yeah, yeah. If you if you had an early freak out, you're coasting for a little until you have your next wave. <laughs> until your next freak out happens. God, I made the mistake of watching the news yesterday, which like I I am so sensitive to media and I just mm. didn't super realize it because like last week uh, I have this like mentor who I've been checking in with every day to just keep me accountable to doing literally anything with my time. Mm. Um, and I kept having nightmares and he's like, well, are you looking at the news? Like what types of media are you consuming? And he's like, for a week, like, why don't you just not look at Twitter and not watch any Netflix and like see how your sleep changes, see how your mood changes. And I slept immediately so much better. Mm-hmm. Like, and I didn't need to sleep as long. Like I woke up feeling more refreshed. And then yesterday I was just like, super mindlessly scrolling through Twitter and I saw a video of Trump speaking at a press conference <laughs> and I just had it. I have not been looking at any of this. I had no idea what these press conferences were like. And I was just like, what the hell <laughs> is happening right now? Like yeah. what dystopian <gasps> reality are we in? And I just was in such a shitty mood, got such terrible sleep. And I cried like three times yesterday. <laughs> Well, I mean, think about it. We're not evolved for this, really. It was a blink of an eye ago that we started having access to all this information and stimulation and even access to what people's feelings were anywhere outside of our little tribe. Mm-hmm. Like, like that is not what we're evolved for. We see more people and, and feel their feelings in the five minutes we're on Instagram or Twitter in the morning than people would in their whole lifetime before. Mm-hmm. So, so it's a lot for us. And... You know, one of, the, one of the weird things, my cousin pointed this out to me, and I'd never noticed it, but I started putting it to the test, was he said, um, when I watch TV until I go to bed, I, it, like, I'm lethargic. I could barely get up in the morning. Uh, I want to hit snooze on my alarm a million times, and when I don't, I wake right up. And I noticed the same thing. Mm-hmm. Like during this quarantine, we're willing to do it because we're like, who cares? And there's this like ten part Michael Jordan series. Yeah, this yes. Michael Jordan documentary. <laughs> like, there's been... a lot of good content out there right now. <laughs> yeah, there's not actually, but there's this Michael Jordan thing. Yeah. But you know, I've noticed that, and I'm like, it must be affecting us. It's too stimulating. It's too much. You mm-hmm. know, it's frying us out a little bit, and yeah. so therefore, I think the mind just requires a different sort of rest. Mm, it's so maybe. true. Yeah. I just hadn't thought of it. It's so obvious, but I was like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Like when I mm. am looking at a screen until literally two seconds before I go to bed, my brain is still in a weird space. Like totally. Duh. And there's all this like, oh, I need to know. But like, if you're being safe and at this point, like I think we're the wave that we're hitting now is like the first month I was like, well, I need to look at coronavirus on Reddit every day and see what the latest articles are. So I know like exactly what needs to be happening Mm -hmm. and like be prepared and be informed and like be on alert. Like you read the media and news partly to be on alert. And then when we get to this place, like thankfully for the last week, you said you were able to like step away from it and not much had changed, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's probably a disservice to your health to watch um trump's news conferences (laughs) yeah it's a huge disservice i was like raging i was like i don't recognize myself right now like the shine i had in the morning was completely gone Mm -hmm. i was just like complaining and i noticed in conversation with my roommates i was like kind of gossiping about people and like things i was like where is this coming from it's because i've been 
reading these threads of people being mean to each other in these like nasty videos mm -hmm. and it's just no good. He's the worst kind of drug and he's a very, very potent drug that just brings out the worst in anyone who's involved with him. He brings out the worst and that's what he's there to do because he's like a distillation of America's shadow. Like he is the perfect reflection of what we're really all about. And that's really hard to look at. People don't like looking in the mirror that is Trump. My, my parents are driven insane by it. I talk to them. I used to talk to them every day during this. I talk to them once every 10 days mm -hmm. because it's 45 minutes of like, you fucking hear what this asshole said today. And it's like, no, because I wanted to have a good day. I, <laughs> yeah, what exactly. do you mean? Why would I pay attention to Donald Trump? He wants me to pay attention to him. They, the, the American empire wants us hypnotized into feeling reliant on the federal government like they have our back. Like, fuck no. No, they don't. Find your tribe, build your tribe, look out for those people. Stop paying such close attention to to basically media narratives and whatever Trump's doing. Like it's it's not good for us. It's definitely mm -hmm. not good for us during this time. Know what's going on with your community. Know what's going on in your neighborhood. Our friend Athena posted something uh, as she left the city. <laughs> she posted she posted something. She said, "Do you even know your neighbors?" And I was like, damn, I've lived in this building fucking 10 years and I don't know anyone. It's helped here. us to not know each other because we don't want to hear each other. But yeah, but, but once this started, Cass and I started this renters coalition here and we put notes on everyone's door saying we got to stop paying rent. <laughs> and we like Did it work. Um, we're, it, people are start. it's starting to dawn on them. We're the, I think so far we're the only ones that have uh, been on a rent strike, mm -hmm. but we have 10 of the 36 units and um, hopefully that'll be growing as the months go on and it dawns on people that the money they have, if they got laid off, might be the last money they see for a long fucking time. And there's n no use in turning it over to some entity that is going to be the beneficiary of these bailouts. Don't do that. Keep that money for yourself. It's, it's going to become much more precious. And it also gives you um, leverage to negotiate with them. Like us withholding rent. When we do go to pay, we're going to say, look, this building isn't worth what you guys think it is. Everyone's fleeing the fucking city in mass. Every apartment in the city is going to be open. What are you fucking kidding me? You're not going to charge us what you think you can charge us. New York City is a hollow shell of what it used to be. Because like, like what we say, we're here for community. We're here because mm -hmm. of our friends and to go to concerts. That's why we live in New York City. Yeah. We, don't need to, we don't work here. We don't do anything like that here. We hang out. We have the church of chill, motherfuckers. <laughs> our religious institution well yeah yeah Actually, it fucking kills me yo chillian it really does and i can't even live like yeah. this the idea that like we can't just do this in person like that you can't just be like laying on our couch watching us do drugs and like you know what i mean <laughs> like, like we always do yeah like kind of yeah like, <laughs> like, like you want some and i'm like no and you're like cool you're cool. <laughs> your drugs on your own That's what you do. <laughs> we no, we, we did we did that for the first time in front of you because we're like we're like jillian we did didn't watch us we don't even say this to you but like there was part of me that was like the only reason we're doing this is because like we have a babysitter and we didn't really ask her to be a babysitter. Like we didn't get her consent, but we're like, you're here and you're going to look after us. Uh, yeah. We had <laughs> already been chilling for a little bit. And then it was like, okay, like we want to try this drug for the first time. 
and yeah. see was what that it when is. You were watching the Grateful Dead concert. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <sighs> I was lost in the sauce, my friend. <laughs> it's so funny because from where I was sitting, I was just like, "Yeah, it seemed like they might be like freaking out a little bit," but like, it was so <sighs> subtle. Like, if I didn't yeah. know you two, I wouldn't have barely even thought anything of it. I think when you, if you ever try it. And I, I, if you do it, do it in the right setting or do it with us or whatever. But like, <laughs> you're like, really? And by that, I mean with us in our house. <laughs> <laughs> just around, you know, just the, the right scene. I think you'll realize why it's uh, like this miracle drug for depression yeah. and anxiety. Yeah, that, it, that alleviates that because it gives you a break from you in, in a gentle way for a short amount of time. Mm-hmm. And it just brings you into weird world. And that's, that. it's fun. It's kind of. Like, yeah, the first bunch of times I did it, I didn't even know what to say about it because I was like, "Oh, it removes my thoughts." So, like, what, what do you think about a drug that removes your thoughts? I don't know what to think. Well, about can that. you imagine what? It, y- I'm like, that sounds great. That's like the whole point of meditation and everything. Yeah, right. It is. It's like a very, very deep meditation. That's what it feels like. And imagine the the burden that you're relieving your body of by oh. being able to get outside of it for a second mm-hmm. and and transcend Seanness. And just be nothing and your body can just kind of loosen up and like it, it's one of those things that like will take you to the weirdest, most far out place ever. And then 40 minutes later, you're totally back to normal. You wake up the next day feeling great. Like, uh, you don't want to abuse it. You don't want to be Some people get addicted. Some people get addicted. Obviously it's like anything, you know. But, um... You know, we haven't had that problem. You know, once every couple of weeks, we'll horse around. It's a hard to bit. get addicted to something. Ha, ha, ha. That it becomes less effective every time you do it. You're like, I want to save this. Yeah, you can't do it day after day because it's just not that effective. But yeah. um, if you if you plan it and do it intentionally, <laughs> like any other psychedelic, so it's like I'm never doing ketamine. But you guys can keep talking. <laughs> well, this isn't for her at this point. It's for anyone like, that's this listening. Is for anyone who also might wander into Sean and Cass's house and want to do ketamine with them. But it's not even that. It's beyond that. Like we have friends. <laughs> who we hope to have on this podcast to talk about this, that it saved their life. Like yeah. it literally like they were on the brink and then they went to one of these ketamine clinics. And well, uh, Oh my God. This is what I love about you two is that I feel like you both have a gift for talking about things that might be scary or intimidating to people. Cause like they don't know people who are doing these things. Yeah. Mm. And then I hear you talk about it and it's like, Oh, like these sound like people I'd want to hang out with. They're cool. Like you value like consciousness and community and all these great things. And like you're using these. Well, we as a value. Way to get somewhere. Yeah, absolutely. I think what we value more than anything is um, being in close proximity to people that are in the struggle. And when you're around those people and you're accepting of those people and you're accepting of like the burdens that they're carrying and the cross that they bear, you have to realize that everything's got to be on the table to save a life. Even if someone is turning to opiates, and I know that sounds crazy, but if it's keeping them here, it's keeping them here. Mm-hmm. And then there's things that come along that can help you get off those things and help free you of those burdens. But we got to be accepting of people and then we can learn about them and we can learn how to create a softer environment for people like that to exist in. Because that's all it is. They're just feeling disconnected. Uh, people that are struggling with addiction and those kind of things. And we're all struggling with addiction. Mm-hmm. It's just not to the same things. Mm. Yeah, we, you know, everyone, we're all addicts. And if you don't think you are, just think about it for two seconds. You're addicted to something. <laughs> You're probably addicted well, to like, a well, lot of things. Especially with the with the quarantine, like, what are the things? 
that you feel weird about that you either have more of or not enough of. Cause like for me, it's like, oh, okay. Gripping onto like producing something, like making sure that I can work in some way. Yeah. Um, and food for me, for sure. Like <sighs> sugar. Big oh. <sighs> and I'm like, all right, like I'm, I'm not trying to be hard on myself. Like I feel like, before just for so long I was like so just beating up on myself and my body or like if I binged on a thing being like I'm a bad person mm. like, I'm a sh person not being like okay like I ate six cookies or like whatever mm. okay cool like I did yeah. that moving on because if I like I wouldn't do that to a friend right. I wouldn't tell them they're a terrible person I'd be like yeah you're a human who ate six cookies okay cool yeah. Cookies are great right now. You, oh, they're the best right now. And, and look, <laughs> Cookies I always are in right now. <laughs> they're really in. Whether it's Oreos or heroin or fucking nitrous or whatever mm -hmm. the fucking thing is, you can't judge a motherfucker for what they got to do to get through a day. Yeah. And you know, I think the more we could start to see the world and especially chemical addiction in that way, like the more we'll we'll start to create this this new reality where I think that'll be less of a crutch that people turn to. Yeah, man, that That'd is nice. so real. I feel like that's a really clear message in the work that you guys put out, like especially in the documentaries. It's just like, like the I always mix up the words juggalo and gigolo, but the juggalo film. Yeah, uh, where it's like I feel like in the beginning I'm like, oh. Like, who the hell are these people? Like, why are they so, like, high or whatever and, like, judging and being like, these people are weird and different than me? By the mm. end, being like, oh, no, this entire culture is aligned with everything I care about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Love. Like, it blew my mind. Yeah. Us, too. Us, too. It's not like we're some geniuses that went in there with that idea. It was until we were accepted by them that it was like, oh, fuck, we've been juggalos all along. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm a juggalo. <laughs> Yeah, totally, mm -hmm. totally. And yeah. that's how solidarity works. And and when when you think about the juggalos, all you got to fucking think about is like, yo, these are usually the poorest, most abused, bullied, outcast type characters. Like one or two people maybe you could remember from your high school that was kind of like that. These are those people and they found home with each other. Like, yo, it is. Yo, Jillian, you could fucking probably write a book about fucking juggalo as as it applies to what you do mm -hmm. it goes that deep and they've been preaching it for that long but they cloak it in this like harsh uh exterior mm -hmm. that i think uh is a necessary defense mechanism when you think about who these people are and what they've been yeah. through that they're like they're really so soft but like to protect themselves there's this layer yeah. it's like a, it's like a turtle yeah that's just a beautiful turtle shell and also like that kind of stuff is part of life like the more you make art about it and look at the dark side and talk about chopping off someone's head like this is the kind of stuff i see when i take acid like i see people getting de decapitated i see people's bodies split in two i see myself being ripped apart from every fucking uh appendage and like yeah it's not all bronies and rainbows it is it's half bronies and rainbows half gore and disgustingness but like by just owning that and being in it and not hiding it i feel like 
that's that's like healing it's healthy totally. to like the the people that i know that are the healthiest often are like the metal heads and the yeah. people who listen to metal and punk and like get their aggression out rather than repressing it because like mm -hmm. this repressed aggression or this repressed stuff and not expressing it and allowing it to be because all this shame around having a feeling or having a desire or having anger creates yeah. like such a uh um, environment of tr inner turmoil. Yeah, it's like a communal emotional release. It's like what mm -hmm. those those concerts, those environments are. Is like you just let it all out. It's yeah, so beautiful. and celebrating the ugly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Celebrating like our friend who like he got ran run over by um, a train and like lost both his legs. You know, it's like the celebration of like him being weird and bizarre and like American Juggalo too is about this guy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Is it for real? Yeah, it's mm -hmm. American. Basically, American Juggalo is like about the community. We just mm -hmm. went into the gallery. I didn't even know you made a second one. Oh, you should see it. Oh, it basically it zooms in on this one dude. He's this uh, he's this black dude who lives in Amish country in Pennsylvania. And when he was eight years old, he was fucking around by the train tracks. Got hit by a train, lost both his legs, and he goes by the name Less Legs. And he's still got one, you know what I you mean? Know, he's a hardcore <laughs> juggalo. And, oh, I love this person. Oh, Jillian, watch it. I never would uh, say that usually, like, watch her movie. <laughs> but, like, you should watch that. It's, like, 14 minutes. Of, it's such a pleasure. I loved making oh. this film. He it just, we should have him on the podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He just exudes. He has such heart and love and wisdom. And it's, like, he's a fucking juggalo. And, through uh, and through through and through and like just it was just such a pleasure to get to hang out with him and learn from him and he's all about love and gratitude and showing up and acceptance that's what that's basically what his whole thing always came back around to is like letting the love out because he's so accepting of of everything because he lost his legs like he's like that's the reality i wake up into every day you know and it's just like Wow. Mm. I, that's one of my favorite things we've made. Yeah, me too. American Juggalo too. And he's a hardcore rapper, you know what I mean? <sighs> like So we, our, <laughs> the, the film's like a musical. Like I, I honestly when we were putting it together, he was he would just break into random raps so often that it just became a musical and I was like and but he was telling his story through it. So I don't know, I don't want to give to I really think you should watch it. I, I wish you had a little pot. It. I love this stuff. I'm like, "Oh my god. I feel like you two expect this of me, so it's not weird, but I feel like in so many like podcasts and stuff that I do when they're like, oh, like what's a what's a thing that you love or practice that you have or like a book you recommend? And I recommend like looking at your shadow, like trauma books, like all this shit. They're always like, um, can you maybe give us something else for our audience that is like really applicable? Wow. Uh, like, no, like read drama of the gifted child that'll fuck you up real good. Like, mm -hmm. like read the body keeps the score. Like That's a look at one. these things. Mm -hmm. Um Yeah, I was just on a podcast last week where they were like, Oh, you like you run this thing called the joy list, but it seems like you really love darkness. I'm like, mm -hmm. totally. Like that I'm makes so much sense to me. Thank like, you. I think to a lot of people it does not make sense. But that's <laughs> spiritual bypass. As much. Mm. I think I talk about it a little, but it's not as like, if you were just scrolling through my stuff, you wouldn't be like, oh yeah, this person loves talking about like shame and pain and abuse and trauma and like the stuff that we always want to hide. 
Mm. No, I feel like the most ecstatic joy I experience is like on the other side of darkness. Oh, you totally. Know? That's and how our bodies work. Yeah, and it's like this. This and you. I when we took acid the last time, I was laughing so fucking hard because I was like, "Yeah, this is a balance." Like, I. It's not inappropriate to laugh. Laughing. Life is about laughing. Laugh. Life is about this joy. It's about having these ecstatic experiences and knowing that this is an impermanent state of being, and that makes it that much more glorious. Because you're like, I'm laughing so hard till I'm crying. And I'm going to enjoy this moment for what it is because it is an impermanent state of being and it comes out of knowing how tragic and hard and everything life can be. And so you can really just like get fully giddy in the experience. Oh man, I love laughing. Okay. Uh, you're like, yeah, laughing. Yeah. This podcast <laughs> is sponsored by laughing. Yeah. Laugh. Remember laughter? Laughter. Laughter. Do you remember <laughs> laughter? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, we have another one of these, so we got to roll. But you're the fucking best, and I really do hope we get to see each other face-to-face. Don't skirt out of town unless we get to see each other face-to-face, even if it's with a mask or something. You know what I mean? Let us know, for real. Keep us posted. We have a car, too, and we go around for, like, little blunt rides. (laughs) You know? Yeah, yeah, totally. We could do a little drive-by. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I love you guys. Oh, we love, we love you. you so much. Thank you for doing the show and sharing my voice and making people smile and feel less shame and all the good things. Uh, well, thank you for doing all that you do, Jillian. And and everyone, go uh, subscribe and buy this book. Woo-woo. On Lonely Planet. One so- of my favorites, for real. Like, my favorite book. This changed the way I think about life and myself and community and what's possible. So it's a real gift. So thank you. Thank you. Thanks again, Jillian. All right. Peace and love. Peace and love. (laughs) (laughs) Did you do it? Nice. Bye. Bye. Bye bye. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome, man. That That was fun. That was really fun. I love Jillian. Yeah. I'm going to smoke one for her. Okay. And we have another podcast coming up. Yep. I'm going to change an outfit so it looks like a different day. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really good idea. (laughs) Well, I'm just going to change my shirt. We should change the shot, too. Well, yeah. Maybe we'll set it up somewhere else. Yeah. Um, that was really sweet. My heart is broken that everyone seems to be. Oh yeah, you're like, oh, my heart was broken yesterday because our friend is leaving the city, and she's like, oh, I'm leaving the city, and I was like, oh, I'm sorry, Shawnee. We might be the last one standing. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. Because we were the first one standing. That is. That's also true. I've been here 16 years. That's true. So, we are NYC and we have nowhere else to be. So here we are. <laughs> we'll keep beaming them out. So yeah, See cool. You guys Thanks soon. for listening to the Very Ape Podcast. We're Sean and Cass. Subscribe to our shit. Say something nice. Oh, and you can watch on our YouTube channel. You can watch uh, that film. Uh, American watch American Juggalo too. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, yeah. If you're watching this on YouTube, thank you. Yeah. And if you're listening, check us out on YouTube. Uh, YouTube.com slash Very Ape. Peace and love. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.